0: back up to Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3, and um, we're going to, uh, we're going to begin at verse number 1 here in just a moment, and we're going to, we're going to look at the scriptures through our um, golden text, the, the, the main text that we've been on the last several weeks. Um, talking about the blessing and the last few sermons on this subject we've entitled um, believing you are blessed believing you are blessed and what we see in the Bible are let me just talk to you for a minute okay I probably should have done this this morning I just dove into um, some deep stuff in Hebrews but um, the Bible says since we now live in the Spirit let's walk in the Spirit and that's in Galatians 5 And, and of course what he's saying there is that we've been born again we've become a partaker of God's spirit his spirit and our spirit has become one spirit and now the life that is in us the eternal abundant life that that now resides in this earthen vessel is is from the Holy Spirit himself so because we have our life and our existence and our being in the spirit of God let's walk in that spirit And this is just one of many verses that present the truth about the inward man and what's true about us inwardly. Maybe I should say it that way. And then how we walk that out. Um, Some of the phrases, like for instance, we see this expression in the Scriptures work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's not talking about you you negotiating some salvation deal with God. He's talking about the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. Um, How about this? As you therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. So... We know that we received Jesus, we received the new birth, we received our inheritance. And he's saying, as you received him, in the same manner in which you received him, now walk in him, now live every day of your life in him. And of course, we know that we received him by faith, and we walk in him by faith. We walk in the Spirit by faith. Again, the inward reality becoming an outward expression of life. We could go on and on with these verses, come and I'll give you rest, learn of me and you'll find rest. Whom the sun sets free shall be free indeed. So we see that the, the outward expression of life doesn't always reflect the inward reality. I ask it this way a lot of times in my morning classes, can, can you be free and not feel free? Can you be free and not look free? Can you be free and not know you're free? And and the answer to all that is yes. Again, you have to understand the difference between the the inward man of the heart and and the outward man of the flesh. Now, when Jesus saved us, He secured our eternal destination. If you've been born again, Ephesians 2 says you're already in heaven. But His death on the cross was not just to secure your eternal destination. He bled to death naked on that cross, yes, so you could go to heaven one day, but He also bled to death on that cross so that you could live every day of your life on this earth in victory. Victory over everything that the devil is a part of and behind, the darkness, the the evil, the sin. And what we see in that whole category of darkness, evil, and sin is this thing called the curse. And while the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon um, you and me, we also know that in the same way, there's, a, there's very real evil present in our world today. There's darkness that the prince of darkness rules over. His kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. We see that there are all kinds of manifestations of the curse still present on planet Earth. Now, that doesn't in any way detract from the victory that Jesus won for us. Because remember, he says we're in this world, but we're not of it. Our citizenship is not of this world. Our citizenship is of a higher kingdom. And we're ambassadors representing that higher kingdom that we're citizens of here upon this planet. With full access to all that heaven has to offer with full access to every advantage, to every enablement, to every enhancement, to every empowerment that heaven has to offer. This is what he's talking about in Ephesians 1, when he says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every superpower that heaven has to offer a man or a woman has been made available, has been given to you and me so that we can rise above and overcome sin, rise above and overcome darkness and evil, rise above and overcome the curse. Amen. Now, this morning we looked at how the folks under the Old Covenant were also given blessing, empowerment to prosper, enablement, enhancements, amen. But in order to operate in those uh, various benefits, we could say, and remember that covered things like your crops being blessed, your children being blessed, your bank accounts, your storehouses being blessed, um, physical health and well-being, any kind of, of threat or attack against you, um, would, would not be able to, to touch you, so it included protection. Let me, let me try to, again, if I could just really simplify it tonight. That, that blessing is everything in life that you want. It's everything in life that you want. Um, and, and, and when we talk about what we want in life, I'm, I'm not trying to, how do I say this? It includes financial prosperity Um, and so a lot of times when we talk about everything in life you want sometimes we think of maybe a some some uh, material object some some uh, car or or something along those lines and listen I am absolutely not ashamed to tell you that those kinds of things are a part of this but the blessing covers, that that's just simple stuff, okay? <laughs> Amen. The, the blessing covers things like your children being protected. The blessing covers things like um, you not getting dementia and, and Alzheimer's and things of that nature when you get old. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? In other words, when we talk about what we really want in life, what everybody really wants in life, you know, things like peace of mind. Things like a sense of well-being. Physical soundness. Mental soundness. Emotional soundness. My friend, it's, it's sad to me. And I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not here to offend anybody tonight. But millions of born-again believers, millions of born-again believers having panic attacks. See, again, that's... The, We've been given the peace of God. We've been given the peace of God. The blessing is designed to protect us from these things. Soundness, physical soundness, physical health and well-being, mental soundness, mental health and well-being, emotional soundness, emotional health and well-being. A a prosperous life with no, no sorrow in it. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, that, you know, what you're talking about now sounds like what heaven will one day be like. You got it. Amen. You got it. Because the, the force, the spiritual force that will enhance, empower, enable our lives here and now on this earth is from heaven. It's the same force that empowers and enables and enhances that kind of life there, right? But remember, we're here, but we're there. We're, we're citizens there now. The covenant that we have with God right here, right now, tonight, will not have to be altered or modified in the, in the slightest to accommodate life on the other side. This is the blessing. This is the blessing. And so what Jewish believers understood in the first century was that the way to operate in that blessing was by obeying the law. The way to experience and to, and to have that blessing working in your life was through obedience to the law. Well, Jesus changed all of that. The blessing now doesn't operate in our lives through obedience to the law. It operates in our lives through faith. Now, that doesn't mean you can live any way you want to live and be blessed. Because remember, if your heart condemns you because of breaking the commandments, you're not going to have confidence towards God. In other words, it's going to interfere with your faith. It's going to interfere with your ability to believe. Let me, um, I know I've got you in Galatians, just a minute. We might read it and pray here in a minute. That might be the last thing we do. But let me just, are you good? Okay. <clears throat> See, when we talk about obedience to the law being the way we enjoy and experience the blessing, where we hear confusion on this today is when born-again believers talk about karma. Come on now. My friend, that, listen, that, karma is of this world. Okay? Okay? But when we come to questions like, are you ready, why do bad things happen to good people? So that's a question, right? There are a lot of people, because, but, now I'm not, Brother Keith Moore says, well, if we're going to ask that question, why do bad things happen to bad people? And he said the real question we need to ask is just why do bad things happen? Well, bad things happen because of the curse. Okay? But let's go back to the question, why do bad things happen to good people? What's underlying, what's, what is the confusion, the misunderstanding that's underlying that question? Good people ought not have bad things happen to them. Because good people, listen now, good people deserve to be blessed. People who are good should be blessed. See, that's, our, that's, that's the, the way that we look at these things. That's the way we think about these things. But listen to me, please. Listen to me, please. If you are going to experience the blessing in your life, reality, it's going to be experienced by faith, not based upon how good you've been this week. See, again, the confusion is revealed when we ask questions like that, right? And so if it's based on being good, then how good is good enough? See, this is why Father said that it's, it's not of works, it's of faith, right? Right? so that everybody can get in on it getting kind of quiet on me now right right let me let me try just to make this point with one aspect of what the blessing will do in your life okay and it has to do with protection it has to do with being protected how many of you want to see your family you and your family protected Listen, I'm not trying to scare you, but we live in a we live in a in a crazy world that's getting crazier. We're getting we 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 live in a, in a world today where folks just at Walmart, at naval bases, at schools, whatever, they just pull out a gun, and start shooting folks just like idiots. I mean, just like got no sense. Full of the devil, full of darkness, full f- confused. I'm not it gets me irritated. But just but hear me please, right? Does the Bible have anything to say about God's people being protected in situations like that. It absolutely does. It even talks about huge numbers, right? Thousands on one hand, ten thousands on another, and you, you right there in the middle of it and it not affecting you or anybody in your family. That's the, that's the kind of protection that is available to you and me. Now, if you want your family protected... How much more does your Heavenly Father want you protected? See, this, again, we've we got to adjust our thinking here. One of, the, one of the most errant mistakes or things the disciples ever did, one of the mistake, worst mistakes they ever made, one of the saddest things that they ever spoke out of their mouths was accusing Jesus of not caring for them. We see the same mistake in, um, in the Old Testament with God bringing His people out of slavery in Egypt. God doesn't care. They even accused Him, they said, like, like at least in Egypt we would have been put in a mass grave. God has brought us out here to kill us Where there's nobody to bury us. That was their. Are you following this, right? Jesus is sleeping in the boat, the boat's taking on water. Do you not care that we're about to die? But see, there's a lot of folks, that's, that's their opinion of God. That's how, that's how they think of Him. My brother, my sister, He is our loving Heavenly Father. If you want your children protected, those of you who have children, if you want people you love protected, how much more does He want us to be protected? It's part of the blessing. It's one of those superpowers, amen, that, that comes. When I say superpower, remember we talked about the video game, and how you can get these certain little coins or emblems or whatever, and all of a sudden your uh, Mario Kart becomes bigger and faster and and can't crash. You know what I'm saying? That's like the blessing on our lives. And and one of those aspects of the blessing for you and me is supernatural protection for for us and for our families. Reckon we need that today? Do you believe you're protected? What do you base that belief on airbags alarm systems pistol on your nightstand what what are you from saying what what are you basing your belief that you're protected on right well somebody said I think Chuck said it the Word of God the Word of God now here is and I'm just using this one aspect of of the blessing so protection for you and your family okay because Jesus became a curse for you so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you this means you have been given by God access to supernatural protection for you and your family in the old testament see notice how this old testament thinking still carries over into our New Testament lives. In the Old Testament, to access that benefit of supernatural protection, you had to obey the law. If you obeyed the law, you'd be supernaturally protected. But if to the point that, that, that threats would run from you, people that would come against you would be scattered. It would be like a force field around you. But if you disobeyed, if you broke the law, See, now you were exposed to the curse, which meant you were not protected. Are you seeing this? Okay. How does that work? Watch this very carefully now. How does this work in the new covenant? In other words, with the blessing that is now upon you and me. It operates by faith. Now, maybe some of you got this a long time ago, but the Holy Spirit has really been breathing on this simple truth, but do not miss the simplicity of this. Please do not miss the simplicity of this. What does it mean then to operate in this part, this this aspect of the blessing by faith? In other words, how, how do we practically do that? Well, are you ready? Don't way overthink it. Believe that you are. believe that you are. See, that's faith, right? Faith is believing, amen, what God said and having confidence in it. Remember one of the, one of the real litmus tests of whether or not you're in faith. If you're in faith, you're at rest. You're, 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 there's a calm, there's a sense of confidence, right? If there's faith, there's rest. If there's no rest, that's a pretty good indicator there's no faith. You're not believing God. Okay? So, In order for you and me, because again, we're obeying that form of doctrine known as the gospel. That's what Romans says. It's not that we're not obeying, but our obedience is one of faith. We're obeying by faith. So again, how do we access, how do we appropriate, how do we experience this aspect of the blessing um, involving supernatural protection? By faith means what? Means that we believe our families are protected because we are blessed and we are blessed because Jesus became a curse for us so that we could be blessed. Are you seeing this here? Okay. Now, I'm going to show you the other side of that coin. Do you see now why the enemy fights so hard to get us to worry about? our families. Worry about our loved ones. Be troubled about them going off to school or going off to work and fretting and anxious, right? Worried about that. Taking troublesome thoughts. Well, what if they get sick? What if they have an accident? What if something bad happens? What if, what if, what if? The enemy, again, is bringing thoughts into your mind, trying to elevate them exalt them above the knowledge of God what is the knowledge of God in this case the knowledge of God is Jesus became a curse for us so that we could be blessed father wants us blessed father wants us protected he has made a way for us to be blessed and protected and we access the that blessing and the protection blessing amen by believing by faith and confidence and trust that God is taking care of our children when they leave our house every day right so do you see why the enemy is trying so desperately to get us to doubt it, to question it, to worry about it, to not, to not trust God, to not have confidence in these things. Because again, he knows, i am telling you this now, I'm going to keep telling you, the devil knows you're blessed. He's trying to figure out if you know you're blessed. And he knows that as long as he can keep you in doubt and unbelief about it, even though you have Access to this blessing of supernatural protection as long as you're all in knots about it and worried about it and troubled about it Can't rest can't sleep. No, you, right then. It's basically made that Aspect of none effect for you Cause for it to be in force in your life. It has to be believed it Has to be trusted you have to have faith and confidence in it, right? Come on. Am I getting a little too close to home here? but I want you to see this. This is exactly exactly how this works. Well, Pastor Mark, we're not doing our jobs if we're not worrying. No, no, see, again, that's where you believe the lie of the devil. And Jesus was very clear on this. Was in the first sermon He ever preached on this planet as a man, right? Which I think, adds to the critical nature and critical importance of it. If, if he's fixing to preach the first sermon, I would say that, you know, if, um, how do I say this, praise God? If, uh, if Brother Copeland was coming to Heritage, if he called, hey, Pastor Mark, i got a word for Heritage Christian Center, I'd like to come bring it, Right. Well, I think what he's about to say to us is pretty important. In other words, You follow what I'm saying? He came here personally to deliver that word. Jesus came here personally to deliver this word to us. He opens his mouth and he begins to speak. First thing he talks about is attitude. Next thing he talks about is identity, right? And, and then right in on the, all that sermon, he's talking about, you know, not worrying, not taking troublesome thoughts, not, not taking worrisome thoughts, because... We we have to operate in these things. Praise God by faith. All right, now let's get to uh, Galatians three. I'm going to begin at verse number one. I'm not going to put them on the screen. I don't have all these for the screen. But it says, "Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified." This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So let me come up for air here for just a moment. The Galatians had heard the gospel message, they, they had either personally had some experience with, um, eyewitness experience with Jesus' crucifixion, clearly portrayed among you as crucified, or it was explained to them, it was that, that message was preached to them. They heard that message, they, be, they received that message, they believed that message, they, and they received the gift of salvation. But because so many of these um, early believers in Jesus, converts to Christianity, right? Because so many of them had uh, Jewish roots and, and Jewish background, they were confused about the works of the law versus grace and faith. And so they tried then to, to revert back to a performance-based, works-based system instead of um, operating in and by faith. And that's what he is addressing. Now, um, so let me read verse 5 again. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And the obvious answer is he does it by the hearing of faith. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now, listen to these verses right here. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying... In you all the nations shall be blessed. Okay, so look at me here for just a moment. I'm wanting wanting you to see, and I know we probably got to spend some more time making these connections with the Scriptures. But what I'm really wanting you to see, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to see, is, is the connection between our salvation and the blessing. And that Jesus came, Acts 6, 25, I believe, Jesus came to forgive us of our sins, but He also came to bless us. The first words that Father God spoke to Adam and therefore spoke to all of us because we were all inside Adam in seed form was what? He blessed them. In other words, God created Adam, and then the Bible says, and he blessed him. Okay, amen. In other words, you were created by Father God to be blessed. You were never meant to be cursed. You were never meant to live one second on this planet, out from under God's blessing upon your life his empowerment, enablement, enhancements upon you to function and prosper and succeed and live victoriously. Okay? All right? So we see that Adam lost that blessing, and you can follow it all the way through the Scriptures. You could even make a case that, that one of the key themes of the entire Bible is Father's plans and efforts to return the blessing that was originally placed upon us in the garden back to us. Let me say say it real simple, okay? Can I say it real simple? But it's, it's, don't let the simplicity of it be lost on you, okay? Father wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. It's undeniable, okay? Now, God knew when he first called Abraham out of Ur of Chaldees he knew his plan he knew the plan before he breathed breath into the nostrils of Adam and that plan was for every created being every human being all nations all peoples of the earth to be blessed right so notice now when when father God shares the gospel with Abraham he explains his long-range plan for all peoples of the earth Jew and non-Jew alike and how does he describe it in verse 8 in you all the nations shall be blessed okay so what can we conclude from that very important verse 9 so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham? Alright, so simple question tonight, are you of faith? (laughs) Amen. Are you of faith? All those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So this, this blessing operating in your life is not based upon you fulfilling every commandment. It's based upon you believing and trusting in what God has done for you. Now he's going to explain it a little further. A few more minutes, praise God. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things. And that three-letter word, A-L-L, is key who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. So let's talk about the law is not of faith. Obviously, the laws that God um, you know, wrote in stone with His own finger... Um, are good, in in other words, there's nothing wrong with them, so to speak, but what is broken in that approach is the, the law written in stone involves an outside to inside approach to life, and that's not how God created us to live. We're not created to live from the outside in. We're created to live from the inside out. That's why as New Covenant believers, he has now written his laws where? In our hearts, on the inside of us. So that from the inside now, we can live the life that God created us to live. The the other aspect of the law is now, because we've got this list of things, you know, we try to go and do it without God, right? It's like, okay, uh, thanks for letting me know. Just, it's kind of like the rich young ruler. You know, he, he, uh, you know, I almost picture him coming to Jesus with, with a pen in one hand, piece of paper in the other. Okay, Jesus, what, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? In other, words, just, in other words, he just wanting a list, right? You just tell me whatever it is, and I got lots of money, I got lots of power, and I'm young, I, I can get it done, Right? See, that's not, Father's not interested in that. He's wanting fellowship with you. He's wanting relationship with you. He's wanting oneness with you. So when he says that the, the law is, it appeals to the flesh, yet the law is not a faith, um, but the man um, who does them shall live by them. When he says it's not a faith... Faith is a function of the heart, the inward man, right? The law is this, this outward effort to conform. And so there were lots of people. Remember, the men who crucified Jesus were pretty good at keeping the law <laughs> in their minds anyway. Right. So now it leads us to verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? Now, last thing I want to comment on tonight is this amazing connection between being justified and being blessed. We even see in the different writings. Maybe we'll spend some time next week looking at those specifically. But we even see where they are used interchangeably. In other words, when, when, he, when he gave Abraham inside information to what the gospel actually is, right, <laughs> what, what did he say? Um, back to, Uh, Verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham before saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Okay. So, which one is the gospel? Justification by faith or blessing by faith? And the answer is yes. They're they're both the gospel. Are, Are you following what I'm saying here? In other words, one actually is a prerequisite for the other. In other words, we got to be made right before God. In other words, if the just live by faith, right, the just live by faith, well, if we're not just, if we're not justified, then how can we live by faith? So he justified us. And and listen, if that's all he ever did for us, we spend the rest of eternity thanking him for it and it not be enough, right? But it wasn't just justification for justification's sake. He justified us for many different things that we looked at this morning. Um, Hebrews 6 says that accompany salvation. Okay, so now that we've been saved, we qualify, we could say it that way, for the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. We qualify to be made one with God. We qualify for the blessing of the Lord upon us and to be able to operate in that blessing by faith. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Praise God. Stand with me. We'll, We'll put a fork in it right there tonight. Are you getting anything out of this? Okay, so... I want you to begin to recognize when, when that, that, that thoughts that produce fear where your family and their protection and things of that nature are concerned, you've got, you got to take that thought captive and you've got to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold. Amen. And we do that by swinging the sword of the Spirit, speaking the Word of God out of our mouths right so begin to confess that you're blessed you're blessed because Jesus became a curse for you amen and that that part of the blessing is protection from sickness disease pestilence in the scriptures talk about the arrow that flies by day well that was before lead bullets flying by day, right? But do you not see that that's, amen? Are, are we protected from stray bullets? Come on now. Are we protected for, from these kinds? Yes, yes, we are. We've got to believe that we are. The devil would love for you to stay awake all night worried about it. Stay awake all night fretting about it. Well, what if this, man, this busy holiday season, you know, they had a shooting at the mall last year. We might ought to go to the mall, but all these other things, right? And be led by the Spirit now, right? The Holy Spirit may tell you, don't go this way, go that way. That, certainly he can, he can protect you that way by steering you away from it. But His voice will never cause fear and panic and anxiety. His fear will always have a calming effect upon you. Peace in your heart, right? Amen. But again, we, the enemy... Is, is the one that tries to bring the, the fear and the, and, the, and the troublesome thoughts and the worrying thoughts. And all of that is the devil's um, strategy to keep you out of faith, out of trusting God and the blessing that's upon your life and your family for protection. Amen. All right, Father, you're good to us. And I thank you that we are, Father, protected tonight. I thank you, Father, that that your angels encamp round about us. Father, that your blessing activated and operating in our lives is like a force field around us. Father, protecting us from sickness, from, from disease, from, from accidents and incidents and tragedies, Father. Lord, I, I thank you that, um, that we uh, are, are learning how to operate in and walk in the fullness of what you have done for us, the blessing, Father, that you have uh, given to us. Father, you want us blessed. You, you desire for us to be protected. And so, Father, thank you for making all these things available to us. And thank you for teaching us about them and helping us, Lord, to walk in them in their fullness. Father, thank you for a great week ahead. Thank you, Father, for, um, Lord, just this, this wonderful season in, in May Um, what it's all about, not get lost in the hustle and bustle. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God.